This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. Supreme Court gives Biden administration until July 29 to either embrace or oppose insular cases. U.S. to renew but not expand humanitarian protection for Venezuelans entering the United States. British Virgin Islands financial services sector lauded as most most successful in Caribbean. Antigua, $200 million U.S. bond, back on track. Two Jamaican men plead guilty to U.S. international fraud scheme. And World Health Organization chief says, COVID-19 nowhere near over as virus spreads. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, July 13th. We start our report today at the U.S. Supreme Court. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that a national coalition consisting of leading civil rights organizations, members of the United States Congress, former acting solicitor general of the United States, individuals harmed by U.S. colonialism and other advocates joined a virtual press conference on Tuesday to call on the Biden-Harris administration to condemn rather than continue embracing the Supreme Court's racist insular cases, a series of controversial decisions that establish a colonial framework for the 3.6 million residents of U.S. territories, according to a release from Equally American, which advocates for equality and civil rights in U.S. territories. The Biden-Harris administration has until Friday, July 29th, to decide whether to join or oppose calls to overrule the insular cases when it must respond to a Supreme Court petition in Fitisumanu versus the United States a case about birthright citizenship in U.S. territories which ask in part whether the insular cases should be overruled, Equally American said. Tuesday's press conference was co-sponsored by Equally American, Latino Justice, and American Civil Liberties Union. Latino Justice, ACLU, and other leading civil rights organization wrote the Biden-Harris Justice Department earlier this year, calling on it to condemn the insular cases. They also recently filed an amicus briefing in the Fiti Sumanu calling on the Supreme Court to take up the petition to finally overrule the insular cases. Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett, who represents the U.S. Virgin Islands as a non-voting delegate to the U.S. Congress, along with the chair of the U.S. Congress House Resources Committee, led a group of 23 members of Congress in a letter sent Tuesday to President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris that urged the Biden-Harris administration to reject the insular cases and the racist colonial framework they invented. St. Kitts Nevis Observer via Riders reports that the United States will renew but not expand temporary protected status for Venezuelans in the country. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security said on Monday a move that leaves tens of thousands of recently arrived Venezuelans without access to the humanitarian program. The Biden administration will offer an 18-month extension of temporary protected status for Venezuelans who were in the United States by March 8, 2021, but not allow more recent arrivals to enroll, says the Department of Homeland Security. 
The Sinkets Nevis Observer also reports that a British resident who is stranded in Jamaica with her baby has been told by the UK Home Office the child cannot come to the UK because he has an established life on the Caribbean island. Tiffany Ellis, 28, has indefinite leave to remain in the UK where she has lived since the age of eight. She gave birth to her son on April 30th last year in Jamaica and has been trying to return to the UK ever since. In a letter of the refusal of the baby's visa application, the UK Home Office officials say the decision is justified by the need to maintain an effective immigration and border control and will not have unjustifiable harsh consequences. They added that the baby's life can continue as it is now in Jamaica with financial support from his mother in the UK. Tiffany's husband and the couple's older daughter are at the family's home in London. London desperate to be reunited. Tiffany traveled from her home in London to Jamaica in January 2020 to get married. While waiting for paperwork to come through for her wedding, COVID broke out and they had to extend their stay. They were finally able to get married on the island in August 2020. In September 2020, Tiffany became pregnant and was afflicted with constant vomiting. So severe, she was unable to leave the house. Her condition worsened and she had to remain in Jamaica until after she gave birth. BVINews.com reports that the British Virgin Islands has been lauded as having the most successful financial services sector in the Caribbean. The territory received this praise from Dr. June Sumler of the United Nations Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean. She currently serves as the Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean's lead consultant, offering support to the territory as it establishes a national sustainable development plan. Dr. Sumer made the comment during her presentation on the territory's National Sustainable Development Plan to the financial services sector during BVI's Financial Breakfast Forum on June 30th. She described the input by the financial services sector as a critical part of the consultations necessary to ensure proper representation of the BVI's main economic pillar in drafting the National Sustainable Development Plan, a 15-year vision and roadmap for the territory. The BVI's Minister of Finance, Economist, Emery Pemberton, who supported the presentation, said the National Sustainable Development Plan was being led by the government of the Virgin Islands and was integrated as part of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The National Sustainable Development Plan process began in 2021 and has involved consultations with key sectors while examining the vision, national goals, national outcomes, implementation framework, monitoring and evaluation framework, and the way forward for the British Virgin Islands. The Jamaican Gleaner reports that the Antigua and Barbuda government says within a couple weeks it will have a new subscriber for a 200 million U.S. dollar bond it was forced to withdraw from the international market earlier this year. Antigua and Barbuda's Prime Minister Gaston Brown told Parliament that he had not sought to deceive the population when he had earlier announced that the bond had been oversubscribed. 
the fact that we had a subscriber for the full amount and that there is yet another one that will be subscribing for the full 200 million U.S. dollars would have suggested, Mr. Speaker, that we would have had at least two entities that would have covered twice the amount of the bonds that were issued, Brown said. Brown told legislators that the bond was initially withdrawn after the original subscriber, whom he did not name, had sought a higher interest rate. The funds were to be used for the construction of a hotel at Morris Bay. In the next couple of weeks, we should have a new subscriber with a better interest rate, he added. The Sinkins Nevis Observer reports that two Jamaican men are facing up to 20 years in prison after confessing their involvement in an international telemarketing sweepstake fraud scheme that defrauded numerous elderly and vulnerable victims in the United States of more than 9 million U.S. dollars. According to the court documents, Maurice Levy, 51, and Derek Levy, 54, both of Jamaica, admitted that between July 2008 and September 2016, they work in call centers in Costa Rica that defrauded victims in the United States. The men admitted that they conceal their physical locations using voice over IP technology, which enabled them to give victims telephone numbers that, although bearing U.S. area codes, were actually answered at call centers in Costa Rica. Both men further admitted that they could call citizens in the United States, many of whom were elderly and vulnerable, and falsely claim that they had won a sweepstakes prize but were required to pay fees prior to the delivery of the prize. In truth, no such prizes existed. The U.S. Department of Justice said many victims sent tens of thousands of dollars to both men and their co-conspirators in response to these calls. They fraudulently obtained more than nine million four hundred thousand from victims. The case was investigated by the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, the IRS, the FBI, with the assistance from the Federal Trade Commission, Homeland Security Investigations, and the U.S. Department of State's Diplomatic Security Service, the Justice Department Office of International Affairs, and Costa Rican authorities also assisted. Rising COVID-19 cases are not only putting further pressure on already stretched health systems and workers, but triggering an increased trend of deaths, the World Health Organization Chief Tidros told journalists at the regular weekly press briefing on Tuesday. He reported that the Emergency Committee on COVID-19 last Friday concluded that the virus remains a public health emergency of international concern. And while acknowledging that we are in a much better position than at the beginning of the pandemic, he reminded that new waves demonstrate the COVID-19 pandemic is nowhere near over. Tedros outlined interlinked challenges presented now by the virus, beginning with subvariants of Omicron, which continue to drive waves of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths globally. Tedros also pointed to diagnostics, treatments, and vaccines that are not being deployed effectively. 
The World Health Organization chief argued that we should not take for granted tools that have prevented infections, hospitalization, and deaths, and must continue to employ masking, improve ventilation, and testing and treatment protocols. Turning to monkeypox, the World Health Organization chief told journalists in Geneva that there are currently 9,200 cases throughout 63 countries. Next week, the Emergency Committee for the Disease will reconvene to examine trends, the success so far of countermeasures and next steps in tackling the outbreak. And finally, Jamaica Information Service reports that the government of Jamaica is taking steps to mitigate the effects of brown seaweed known as sargasm, a source of discomfort for fishers and swimmers who use some of the affected beaches. Speaking at a recent International Fishermen's Day conference in Clarendon, Jamaica's chief technical director in the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries, Orville Palmer said, we have a project that we are looking at right now to see how we can put this resource to use. Mr. Palmer pointed out that so far, high levels of cadmium have been found in the sargasm. Cadmium is a natural element that is contained in small amounts of air, water, soil, and food, and is also used in many industries. We will have to do some much further research to see how we can process the sargasm into value-added things like fertilizer, while at the same time being able to successfully eliminate or remove the impediment. That is something we are actively working on as we speak, Mr. Palmer said. In June, Jamaica's National Environmental and Planning Agency placed the country on alert for the increase of sargasm along several beaches across the island. While sargasm plays a role in beach nourishment and is an important element in shoreline stability, excessive amounts of the open ocean algae may result in beach erosion and disruption in the visual landscape. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Keisha Wallace. Fire! For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.